With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Get informed. Get inspired. And get connected. CannabisRadio.com presents NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. The National Cannabis Industry Association is the only national trade organization representing the businesses of the legal cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice covers a range of topics, including the rapidly evolving political and policy changes that affect our industry, news and events of importance to cannabis professionals, and features on companies, individuals, and campaigns at the cutting edge of the cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice begins now. Hello, thanks for tuning in to another episode of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. I'm your host, Bethany Moore. I'm the Communications Projects Manager at the National Cannabis Industry Association. Today, I am happy to introduce my guest, Dr. John Vaught. He's the CEO and co-founder of Front Range Biosciences. He has more than 15 years of experience developing and commercializing technologies for human diagnostics, food safety, and agriculture. He also operates a small farm at his residence in Colorado, and he's the founder of Mountain Flower Dairy, which is a nonprofit focused on providing educational opportunities for locals to learn about where their food comes from. That's awesome. Welcome to the show, Dr. John. Thank you. Happy to be here. Excellent. So um, Front Range Biosciences, your company is a diverse group of biotech researchers, plant scientists, modern farming experts that are all working together to grow the highest performing hemp, coffee also, and other high value crops. Is that true? Yes, I think you covered it pretty well. Excellent. Great. So let's learn more about you and then we'll come back and learn more about what you're doing at Front Range. Tell me a bit about your background and your experiences before getting involved in the hemp and cannabis industry. What did you do before all this fun stuff? Yeah, that's a uh, a great question. So it's been quite a journey. I um, I'll, I'll start at the beginning because I think it, uh, it it's a good way to to uh, to describe how I got here. So um, my formal training and my my background is in uh, is in organic chemistry, and uh, and as you mentioned in my my introduction, I, I spent about fifteen years in in uh, the molecular diagnostics world, um, human diagnostics, food safety. Um, and, uh, and then with front range got into, uh, into agriculture over the last, uh, the last four or five years. Um, I started my career actually in, uh, in graduate school, um, and doing my uh, dissertation work for my PhD in organic chemistry. 
And I worked for a human diagnostics company in, uh, in Colorado. And uh, we were focused on personalized medicine and uh, using uh, some new technology that, that we were developing uh, to basically look at protein biomarkers in, in humans and use those biomarkers to predict disease outcomes, um, help study uh, treatment options, and uh, be able to better um, provide you know, tailored or personalized um, treatments to, uh, to individuals. And, and a lot of it was in support of uh, drug discovery programs at, uh, at, at pharmaceutical companies. Um, I went on to work for them as a full-time scientist after completing my PhD work, spent about, uh, about six years there, and uh, it was a, a really great way to, to kick off my career. I uh, spent a lot of time working uh, in highly regulated space um, with pharmaceutical companies, developing assays that would support uh, clinical data going to the FDA and, and things of that nature. Um, after that, though, I, uh, I actually got recruited to, uh, to help another molecular diagnostics company get off the ground um, in the food safety space. And uh, I, I took that opportunity and uh, I, I went to, uh, to work with this company. And what we did there was um, we were developing similar types of technology and assays that I had developed previously, um, but focused on the food safety space. So instead of looking at human disease, we we're actually looking at food pathogens like salmonella, listeria, E. coli, mm-hmm. and then uh, and, and, and how um, we can test on site at, at large uh, food processing facilities. Um, this is really my introduction to big agriculture and the, the target market that we were working in was actually the poultry industry. So it was actually animal agriculture. And uh, I spent a couple of years at this company uh, running uh, the R&D team and uh, several different engineering firms that we worked with to build this new device that would go into these uh, poultry processing facilities to test for things like salmonella. Um, after that, I actually uh, I got recruited by my uh, my PhD advisor to, to help him start a new company back on the human side, and uh, spent a few years there, and 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 back to similar things that I'd, I'd done um, earlier on in my career in the in the human side and the drug discovery world. So after all of that, I, uh, I had well, during all of that, I had started this nonprofit as well at Mountain Flower Dairy um, to uh, to try and provide educational opportunities uh, about local food and production and, and, and agriculture to the community in, in Colorado. And uh, the culmination of all this kind of led me down the path of, of what started Front Range, which was when I looked at all of these issues that I'd been trying to solve in human health and disease and then in food safety, it really dawned on me that, you know, if you want to look at how to really solve these problems, the root of a lot of them actually is from our agricultural system and our food mm. production system around the world. And it causes a lot of problems in human health. It causes a lot of problems in our environment, um, food safety, the, the list could go on and on. And if I really wanted to have some impact um, on some of these challenges, then, then maybe the better way to, to approach it would be to get involved in agriculture. So that was one piece. And then the second piece was the legalization of cannabis. And from the organic chemist perspective, we've been working in, in human health and wellness. Um, cannabis represented a really incredible opportunity as a new crop to produce ingredients that could positively affect and impact human health and disease. So as we're all aware, there's lots of interesting cannabinoids and other compounds. And, uh, you know, from the, from the organic chemist perspective, it's a bit of a goldmine of, uh, of, of unique opportunities to, to develop plant-based medicines. So all of that combined uh, led me to, uh, to start Front Range. I uh, started working on it uh, a little over four years ago, met my co-founders, 
and then uh, and then we incorporated in 2015, and uh, we've been operational now for three and a half years. And uh, you know, our, our our focus is really on uh, the, the development and innovation of uh, new technologies for uh, for cannabis agriculture. That's amazing. Yes, I I am really fascinated by the idea of personalized medicine. I think there's so much to be done in the future, ranging from this human DNA mapping information that we're gathering to the work that you've been doing with plant and food safety. It's it's fascinating, and I think we're headed in a really good direction for human health here with with more research, of course. So so front range biosciences. Um, you're, you're based in Colorado. What's your day-to-day like? What, what's the company? How many people work at the company? What's going on in 2020 for your company? Yeah, so currently we have operations in Colorado, California, Wisconsin, and then a division of our R&D program uh, out in Barcelona in Spain um, at the CRAG, which is the, uh, the Center for Agricultural Research and, and Crop Genomics. Um, and so uh, we have uh, just, I guess today we're, we're right around 120 uh, full-time employees. Wow. Um, and uh, so we've, yeah, we've, we've had a lot of growth over the last few years. And um, there's a, a pretty broad range of, of departments, actually, everything from R&D and breeding and to uh, production and nursery. And we have a tissue culture, we have two tissue culture labs. And, um, and we also work in several different crops, um, well, at least two crops, so cannabis or the plant cannabis, which which really covers all types of cannabis um, mm-hmm. scientifically, so hemp as well as as regulated cannabis. But our, our focus has really been in in, in hemp, um, just given the the regulations and the passage of the farm bill. Um, the other crop that we work in is coffee. Uh, we're we're working on uh, development of nursery production of coffee plants for California. It's kind of a, a exciting new crop for California growers. Um, but so so. Day to day as a CEO, I've got um, a pretty pretty broad uh, range of, of responsibilities. So um, I have a really strong upper management team um, underneath me. I'm, I feel really lucky to have brought together such a talented group of folks that uh, represent at this point uh, probably about 200 years of, of experience in yeah. agriculture, <laughs> horticulture, uh, business management, and uh, and, and all, all the different areas that, that go into running a, a company like ours. Um, so I oversee um, a lot of them, and uh, some of them report to me directly. Some of them report to uh, to our COO, uh, Scott Wiley, who's uh, an agriculture industry uh, veteran. He's he's uh, been in, in agriculture his entire career. And um, so, anyway, so so I I generally I uh, oversee activities with our board of directors and and work with uh, with investors. Um, I also do a lot of work with our uh, with our customers and uh, do visits and tours and tell them about the company. Um, I'm also the voice of the company, so I do speaking engagements like this one, for example, and I speak at conferences. Um, I oversee uh, R and D division directly, given my background in uh, in, in uh, commercial research and development applications, and I, uh, I oversee our entire R and D division, which includes things like breeding and genomics and analytical wow. chemistry. Yeah. And all of those pieces. So I've got some direct uh, hands-on uh, roles as well in the company, in addition to uh, to, to being the leader and, and uh, maintaining the vision and uh, kind of driving the ship, if you will. 
Yeah, you got a lot going on for sure. And I'm looking forward to seeing you speak at our upcoming Northeast Cannabis Business Conference. I think you're speaking on day two on a panel. So for those that haven't bought your tickets yet, head to northeastcannabisbusinessconference.com to grab your tickets if you want to see Dr. Jonathan Bott speak. We're going to take a quick commercial break and then we'll be right back. And we're going to dive into more about what's going on at Front Range Biosciences. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. Doc Rob, the concierge for better living. Cannabis is just one of the many great plants that we have on this planet called Earth that we can use consciously and intelligently to improve our well-being. Take a real, raw, inside look at healthier living while sharing great ideas and improvements for a better quality of life. Learning to live and live well is a lifelong process. This is a journey. It could be you could be 80 years old or eight years old. You can still learn something that's gonna make tomorrow a little bit healthier, a little bit easier, a little bit happier, a little bit better. The concierge for better living with Doc Rob. Only on cannabisradio.com. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now About a game for your phone gonna make you say wow The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash Little by little your empire grows large Put the big celebrities inside your entourage You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Chichin Chong Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong The name of the game is Hemping, that's the point Download and play while you light yourself a joint the business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Trends and technology, processes and products. We cover these areas and more on the cutting edge of cannabis. Be informed from the latest initiators of new innovation. Learn about the latest breakthroughs and best practices in the cannabis and hemp industries. Better products, better infrastructure, and better sustainability. The Cutting Edge of Cannabis, consulted by the American Cannabis Company. Get informed. Get inspired and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice only on CannabisRadio.com. All right, we are back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. I'm your host, Bethany Moore, and I'm joined by Dr. Jonathan Vaught today of Front Range Biosciences, doing a whole lot. In fact, I want to talk about something specific. There was a vice article that came out in early December 2019, very recently. It, the title was, A Company is Sending Cannabis in the Form of Hemp and Coffee to Space to See if They Mutate. Really cool article that went around my office that day. So let's unpack that. Can you tell me more about that? Yes, definitely. It's a uh, very exciting project. It's um you know, it's, uh, it's, it's definitely outside the box in terms of, yeah. <laughs> uh, of, of innovation and research and development. And, um, and it's a, it's really an incredible opportunity. So um, there's actually, it's a, uh, it's a, a three-party collaboration. So Front Range Biosciences um, were responsible for the production of the plant material and, and all of the research around the genomics, which I'll unpack here in a second. And then uh, Space Cells is the, uh, the commercial partner. So they're, they're funding the project and 
Um, and uh, they're a, a, a key partner in this. And, and they're actually focused on um, all kinds of interesting uh, research in space, not just with plants, but also human and animal cells. And um, so they're doing some pretty cool stuff. And then uh, the third partner is uh, the, the BioServe group at the University of Colorado um, Aerospace Engineering Department. And uh, they're a, a really, um, really great group of, of researchers at the University of Colorado um, that, uh, that, that does a lot of work on the, the International Space Station and, and has worked closely with with NASA and, and, and SpaceX and, and all of these groups that, uh, that, that do work um, up there in, in outer space. So um, those are the three groups and, uh, and they're responsible for, you know, all of the, the hardware and how we get the, you know, the, the space flight planned and, and get the material up into, uh, into space. Um, the goal of the project is um, it's, it's actually, I can, I think I can explain it in, in pretty simple terms. So when you think about plants and what they do in gravity, which is, what they experience here on earth, they spend a lot of their energy growing to defy gravity, right? Plants grow up away from the ground. They send their roots down into the ground, right? And so if you think about how much energy it takes for a plant to stand up, right, it's, it's, it's defying gravity, right? And so when you take that away, it turns out that all kinds of interesting things start to happen, right? The plant no longer has to drive energy into growing up, right, and hold you know structure and, and be able to, to stand up against gravity. So, um, lots of changes start to happen. Um, there's a, a fair amount of literature out there of, of, of people looking at different types of plants in space and growing them in different ways. And um, you know, there's 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 definitely some great examples of, of some of these types of changes and, and what happens. So that's the the precedent for for why we're or, or what we're doing. Um, you know, the the goal of the project is is really to um, you know, by exposing these plants uh, or these plant cells in, in this new environment, we get a chance to look at some of the underlying biology that drives things like why does a plant grow up or why does it grow branches that, that are structured a certain way or, you know, there's, there's all kinds of different things that, um, that, that we hope to find out. Mm-hmm. And by better understanding that molecular biology underneath the plant and then being able to associate it with certain parts of the genome, we are going to be able to use that to uh, to better improve our molecular breeding program, develop new markers, and hopefully develop new plant varieties that have uh, exciting new traits that we may not have been able to fully discover or understand had we not put them in this very unique environment. Absolutely. I was kind of hoping you were going to tell me that your BFF with Elon Musk, that would be really cool. Maybe. <laughs> and I also Maybe someday really, I'll get with. <laughs> yeah, bring him by the NCIA office. That'd be great. Um, I'm, I'm sure we can find something to share with him. Uh, and uh, I, I would look Absolutely. forward to uh, consuming some space cannabis one of these days. Um, so that's great. Thank you for explaining all that. It's really fascinating. Um, and I know your company conducts a lot of R&D around cannabis genomes here on Earth as well. So um, I'd love to hear a little bit more about what you're doing here on Earth and um, what the goals of, of that other research might be. Yeah, definitely. So, um, you know, there's there's really two parts to, to our company from the highest level. There's our, our production, which is kind of how we, we touch the marketplace, which is really nursery operations and tissue culture. We, we produce young plants and seeds um, for these different crops and, and, uh, and, and provide them to growers and farmers. Um, the other big part of our company is our R&D division. And our R&D division encompasses a lot of different things. 
Um, the, the main focus of it is around the development of new plant varieties that can then be um, pushed out to the market through our, through our nursery uh, production operations, the other part of the business. And so that's the, the, the main goal of it. And within that group, um, one of the biggest pieces is our, uh, our marker-assisted breeding program. So we use uh, plant genomes and, and uh, lots of different uh, interesting uh, next-generation sequencing and bioinformatics experiments to basically map out uh, a plant variety's genome, and then we, we use that information to direct our breeding process. So we do traditional plant breeding where we, you know, take a male and a female, or, you know, we cross these plants and, and you know, we inbreed them, we outbreed them. Um, <laughs> there's lots of different approaches in there, but we, uh, you know, we, we, produce, we produce new varieties, but then by using the, the genomic map, we can then better inform our breeding decisions, right? So we can go in and look for a set of markers that might implicate something like CBD production or THC production or mm. um, some other uh, some other trait that we care about, and then we can use that in a molecular assay to basically make a better decision and go look at a group of plants and say, ah, that's the one we want because it has this specific genetic marker. Mm -hmm. So that's a little bit about our, our genomic breeding program. There's a few other areas that are part of that. So there's analytical chemistry. So we use a lot of, of analytical chemistry um, to drive that research so we can look at things like cannabinoid profiles and terpene profiles and even other exciting areas like like the plant proteins and the enzymes that are involved and, and other secondary metabolites like flavonoids and, and things which, which might play a role in, in human nutrition someday, for example, out of, out of hemp grain. So we look at that. We also do a lot of work in pathology. So we look at uh, different types of viruses and diseases that can affect the plant. And that's, that really ties back into our production arm, which is mm -hmm. um, our clean stock nursery program. We produce the young plants and seeds and we, we, we test to make sure that, that these viruses and um, other diseases are not present to make sure that, that farmers can grow their, their plants with confidence. So that's a, another area. Um, and, you know, I, I, that covers it, you know, the, 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 the high level areas. Um, yeah. We also actually, there's one other, there's one other piece I should mention, which is our, our field trial program. So we, we also, uh, we grow our plant varieties, especially for hemp um, all over the, the United States. And we're actually expanding to, to other places internationally and, and other States, even within the U S this next year. But, you know, some of those are collaborative with universities and some of it is, is private and with some of our customers. It just kind of depends on what we're trying to accomplish. But there's a big data component to our company and our R&D division as well, which is we have uh, we're collecting data of, of field performance. So how does a plant perform in a really hot, dry climate versus a really hot, humid climate or one where they have different light cycles? So the days are shorter or longer um, so we, we look at regional performance based on, uh, on climate and that's a, what we call kind of our meta informatics group where we're pulling in data. So you got the plant genome, you've got the plants, um, cannabinoid profiles, you've got regional climate performance and looking at things like soil and everything else. And then we tie all that together to, uh, to, to help provide better information to our growers. Yeah, Absolutely. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks for breaking that down. We have about 30 seconds left before we have to take our next commercial break, but um, the intersection between agriculture and technology is awesome. And I've, I've heard from people that it seems like cannabis might be leading the way in some of this research and technology advancements to even inspire other non-cannabis agricultural industries, maybe wine or apples or 
something in between. Um, so are, are there, can you share like just some quick thoughts around that concept that, you know, cannabis could be a model crop that inspires innovation? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we're, we're big believers in this and, you know, based on my background, that's, that's you know, one of the main things that, that drove me to start this company is, um, you know, so cannabis is really interesting as a model crop um, because first of all, it's new, right? So crops like, you know, corn and wheat and soy and apples, a lot of these other crops have been grown for a long time. So they're very well entrenched in their supply chains, you know, so it's really hard to change all of that very quickly, right? It can yeah. change over time, but it's hard to change quickly. So um, with cannabis, we're kind of starting from scratch. So instead of starting 60 years ago or 80 years ago, where we didn't have all the tools and technology we have today, we're starting today. And, and, and now is really the beginning. And we've got access to all of this incredible technology and information, um, which I think is going to allow us to uh, to, to grow this crop in a more sustainable fashion, meaning that, you know, we use regenerative practices and we can use cannabis as kind of a model crop, especially in the form of hemp, uh, to, uh, to better sustain our, our soils and, and create a different approach to large-scale agriculture production that's actually more sustainable long-term. Because a lot of the things that we've done over the last 50 years, they worked for a while, but now we're running into some issues um, you know, it, with things like pesticides and, and other things that have happened. So that's, that's kind of, uh, you know, my, my high level take on that and, right. uh, you know, and, and why we think cannabis is really interesting as a, as a new model crop to change some of that. Cool. Thank you. Yeah, I totally agree. All right. We're going to take that commercial break and be right back. Stay tuned. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. They have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing, healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA-free and lead-free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 gardens garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. The cannabis industry is evolving at a radical pace, progressing toward the green peak. Each week, join Richard Zwicky, a cannabis visionary and entrepreneur, as he interviews experts from around the globe to discuss updates and evolutions in the world of cannabis. The The Green Green Peak Peak with Richard Zwicky. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take-anywhere treat. 
Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice only on CannabisRadio.com. All right, we're back and we're wrapping up our conversation here with Dr. Jonathan Vaught of Front Range Biosciences. I got to mention again, I'm looking forward to hearing you talk uh, at our upcoming Northeast Cannabis Business Conference in Boston, Massachusetts, February 19th through 20th. Um, The website is www.northeastcannabisbusinessconference.com. We're really looking forward to it. I'm going to be there um, on the expo floor. We're going to have a podcast studio on the expo floor, uh, plexiglass, and I'll be interviewing some people while we're sitting there at the conference. Um, So I'm really looking forward to some exciting conversations. Can you tell me a little bit more about your panel, uh, the educational session that you'll be speaking on on day two? I think the panel is called Seed to Sale. Yes, definitely. So um, we've got actually uh, a a few different interesting um, members on the panel um, that are going to be participating. So um, representing different parts of the supply chain. So we've got uh, someone who's involved in, uh, in, in growing and in field production and provides some consulting services. Uh, we have a, a group that's uh, or a company that, that is, is um, right in the middle of, of regulated cannabis production. They have uh, you know, cannabis cultivation and products and manufacturing. Um, and then we also have uh, another company that um, is more on the uh, on the testing side and kind of the, the laboratory testing technology um, equipment um, that's used in uh, in a lot of different a lot of different testing labs. Um, everything from like cannabinoid profiles to uh, to pathology. And so um, and then we've obviously got uh, got got front range there as well, and in all the things that we just talked about that, that we do. And so um, I think we've got a pretty broad representation of the uh, of the supply chain. And um, yeah, I think you know I don't want to don't want to spoil it, but um, <laughs> I, I think it'll be uh, a really good 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 conversation with uh, several different perspectives, and uh, you know, and and how the cannabis industry and the supply chain is has evolved. Um, where it's at today, and then and then how you know some of these different technologies and approaches uh, can help uh, can help folks you know solve some of those challenges and continue to to, to grow their business um, and and even with a you know with a bit of a angle towards um, you know sustainability and and you know and and how how we can support the growth of the supply chain um, you know potentially in a in a slightly new way kind of for our our conversation right before the break about uh, about cannabis being an interesting uh, model crop. Absolutely. Yeah. Looking forward to it. So uh, listeners, if you want to hear more, register for the conference and, and go attend the panel to hear more from, from all these industry experts as well. Um, we also have um, our industry socials happening this month in January in 11 different regions. Um, that information is on NCIA's website thecannabisindustry.org. Check out our events section. Industry socials are complimentary for NCIA members, and uh, there's ticket prices available for a few non-members. We're looking forward to that. I'll be personally at the Southern California, Irvine, California event later in January, and of course, the Colorado event in Boulder, but we're in nine other 
cities across the country this month as well. So check that out. Um, as, as we're wrapping here in the last minute or so, um, NCIA was founded in 2010. So we're kind of gearing up to celebrate our 10 year anniversary. And we're asking people to reflect back and as well as predictions for the future of our industry. So we know where you were 10 years ago being super scientist, but um, where do you <laughs> see the industry 10 years from now? Yeah, what a, what a question. Well, first I have to say that if somebody would ask me 10 years ago, if I'd, if I'd be here, you know, anywhere talking about, about cannabis, um, you know, I would have laughed. Um, you know, I had, I just, you know, I didn't, didn't see it happening, um, in my lifetime, really, um, you know, decades of, of prohibition and all of the things that, uh, you know, this industry has been, been fighting to, uh, to, you know, to change. Um, you know, I just, just didn't see it happening. So it's, it's pretty exciting. Mm -hmm. You know, I think in 10 years, another 10 years, I mean, it's pretty amazing. I mean, whether you're looking at this industry or other industries, when you just look at the pace at which technology and innovation and things are happening around the world now, because mainly because of the internet and the connectedness of, you know, of, of everybody throughout the world, um, things are changing really, really quickly across the board. I mean, it's, it's, we're, we're kind of in, in uncharted territory in terms of how fast things can shift and change. Um, you know, in any industry. When you look at cannabis, you know, I think we're seeing a global movement, um, you know, not only in the United States, but lots of other countries to remove prohibition, to remove the stigma, to realize that, you know, not only are, you know, almost all aspects of this plant no more harmful and probably significantly less harmful than other things like alcohol and caffeine and that we consume regularly. Mm -hmm. um, but also that there's just an incredible amount of potential for this crop to solve um, lots of different things. So the, the things yep. that I'm speaking of would be, um, you know, health and wellness and medical applications, right? There's lots of interesting cannabinoids that could be drugs, that could be dietary supplements, that could be food additives, depending on, on you know, what they're being used for. Um, and I think there's a huge opportunity there. I think there's also a huge opportunity for hemp grain to play a unique role in the plant-based protein industry. I think it's a really unique form of protein. It's got balanced amino acids, fatty acids, fiber, flavonoids, antioxidants. It's a it's a got a lot of potential as a nutritional um, powerhouse. And then the last yep. piece is just industrial applications from the fiber, textiles, building materials. You know, it's got all kinds of advantages over other crops like cotton, for example. And then even compared to trees that, that are used for a lot of building materials, wood and paper and things like that, I think it has a lot of potential. So I expect to see broad scale legalization around the world. I expect it to be a global commodity market. And I also expect it to have a huge impact um, across all of those sectors that, uh, that I just mentioned. Agree. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Um, we have gone a little bit over our time. Um, thanks to our listeners and um, thanks for tuning into another episode of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. Until next time.
The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.